the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Uh, producer Jeff Murtaugh was shaking his head at that. Sometimes I have too much fun doing the doing the live reads. Uh, Jeff will have the podcast out for you today uh, really quick after the show ends. Hope you access it. Go to 9890answer.com. Click on shows, podcasts, and then eh, you got a page down through all the uh, national hosts. Because I'm clear at the bottom. Um, so check it out. Appreciate it. Podcast numbers are way up. Uh, thank those of you who listen to it every day. Uh, it's quite kind of you. Uh, I value your time and the time that I get to spend with you. So let's do a little local news, shall we? The case is moving forward against two teenage boys charged with murder. Their lives are ruined. 16-year-old Andres Kelly and 15-year-old D'Angelo Harris. But they murdered 18-year-old Tay Green at a pool party, impromptu pool party apartment complex in Westerville last week. Uh, today they're in court. And the... Uh, matter before the court is, should these two juveniles, because they're under the age of 18, should they be tried as adults? Answer, yes. Because there's no doubt in my mind that both these kids knew. Is it wrong to shoot people with a gun? Mm. Come on, be serious. Uh, Mr. Green, uh, whose family has uh, told a very flattering tale of his impact on them and on others, his love for basketball, um, Big loss for the uh, Westerville community. I believe he was a North high school student. Uh, I could be wrong on that. It says, uh, let me story from WSYX. Green and one of the suspects were students at Westerville South High School. I apologize. Where Green's family organized a vigil for him uh, this week. Uh, South has an outstanding basketball coach, Ed Kalo. So uh, I don't know if Mr. Green played for him or not, but... Uh, if so, he got great leadership from Ed Kalo. Uh, speaking of Columbus schools, not of Westerville South High School, but of Columbus schools, uh, what do we know about Columbus schools? Well, we know that the uh, reading comprehension rate and the math scores are abysmal. We know that there's a 2,000 student waiting list at the charter school KIPP, which means that a bunch of parents in Columbus would rather have their kids in a charter school where there's discipline, order, consequences for actions, love, instruction, all the things that are essential to a child's learning environment. Those things are in abundance at KIPP. Accountability is in abundance at KIPP. And parents are fighting to get in there, and they can't get in there because KIPP's only so big. And then we have Columbus City Schools, which, you know, the waiting list at KIPP is long because <laughs> nobody wants to send their kid to Columbus City Schools. And why would they? So here's a story from also WSYX, I believe, yes. Quoting Columbus City Council, is this Columbus City Council member or a Columbus City School parent? Columbus City School parent. His name is Mike Piazza, and I'm going to guess it's not the former Dodger and Met catcher. Uh, I'm assuming it's not the first time he's heard that. Mr. Piazza 
reported to Columbus City School personnel last year that his seven-year-old daughter, who's a student at John Burroughs Elementary School, was sexually uh, accosted, I will say. A young boy put his hands on her in a private area where no young boy or teenage boy should be putting his hands on a girl or young woman. Mr. Piazza uh, responded by reporting this to the school. And he has not heard anything back. He says now that another school year is coming, he is nervous about sending his kid back to the same school. Good for you. He said the groping incident happened in April during gym class, and he did not get a phone call from the school telling him his daughter told him. On the way home, Daddy, a little boy in gym class, was touching my chest. He tried to pull down my shirt and wrestle me to the ground while pulling down my shirt. Mr. Piazza said he was told the principal was looking into it. This boy, at a later date, tried to stab her with a pencil because she reported this boy's inappropriate behavior about another incident to to the school. So Mr. Piazza contacted the principal again and understandably was more upset about what's going on here. What do you got going on? Is there a system here to get this under control? Of course there was not. He said, I was left in the dark as a parent. That's really concerning because I expect school to be a safe environment, and obviously it's not. No, it obviously is not. And then he says something else. By the way, this gentleman is going to the television station because he's getting no results from the school. You're aware of that, right? If the school had responded to this in a way that he was satisfied, he would not be going to the television to tell his story. He does not want to go to the television and tell his story. He does not want his daughter's story out there for all of us to picture in our minds and come to conjecture about. He's doing it because why? Because it's his last resort. That's why. Because he feels powerless. Because he feels like what? The school doesn't care. Why does he feel like the school doesn't care? (laughs) I can shorten this equation for you if you'd like to. Because it doesn't. I can go through the intermediate steps and say, well, they haven't done anything, and that demonstrates the fact that they don't care. But I just thought I'd skip the intermediate step and just say they don't care. Mr. Piazza says, what's going to happen? It's going to be overlooked, and they're going to move on. In the meantime, she's not comfortable being around that boy, and the school dropped the ball. This kind of stuff needs to be talked about because this is a very young age for this stuff to be happening. Yes, it is. And Mr. Piazza says he's really concerned because if his daughter hadn't told him, he wouldn't know because he picked her daughter up at school, and the teacher said nothing about it. Of course not. Of course not. Because for the teacher to say something about it would put the teacher in a meeting, and then the teacher would have to say something bad about a student, and then that student's parent, if they even are around, then they would object, and then the student and the parent and all would be a big rigmarole, and there'd be paperwork, and there'd be union issues. Maybe she won't tell her dad, so we'll just stay quiet about it. Mr. Piazza, I'll tell you what you should do. I'm going to make an assumption that you might I know you qualify for some level of Ed Choice Scholarship. I don't know if your income is in excess of 450% of the poverty level or not, but if it is not, you are entitled to a full scholarship for your girl who is seven years old, and that scholarship would be $6,400 a year. And I know there are schools that do not cost $6,400 a year. I had 
a gentleman on a while back. His name is Tim. I forget, but I believe the school is on the near west side. Contact Center for Christian Virtue. Do that, ccv.org, and ask them, I'm, the, I'm, I'm able to qualify for X dollars on an Ed Choice scholarship. My daughter does not feel safe in this school. I want to send her to a private school. Which private school do you recommend? Or contact me, Bruce at SalemMedia.com, and I can give you two that I would recommend, but neither one of them. One would not take Ed Choice, and the other one, your Ed Choice scholarship would not meet the full tuition. I'm trying to get you into a place where there's no money out of pocket for you, where you can have the peace of mind that you should have, but you don't have, because Columbus City Schools is not responsive to parents, which, if you remember how we started this conversation, it was with the 2,000 student waiting list at KIPP, which is an outgrowth of what? Columbus City Schools not being responsive to parents' concerns. Funny how that bow comes right back around to where we started, doesn't it? Final local story with crime and violence on the rise across Columbus. A candidate for mayor, Joe Motil, is going to local TV to criticize the job not being done by Columbus Mayor Andrew Ginther. No, Andrew Ginther's not interested in ending crime in Columbus. He would rather virtue signal about a proposed law in the Ohio House, which is miles away from becoming a law, unfortunately. I wish it were imminently about to become a law. Andrew Ginther would rather virtue signal about how Columbus is not a city where we want to have a law that would keep drag queens from gyrating, twerking, and sexualizing kids. Andrew Ginther has a young daughter. Is she front and center at drag shows? Are they twerking their pelvises in her face? Is Andy there cheering it? No. He's posting a picture of her saying that, you know, I support drag queens. Well, come on. Put your teenage daughter where your mouth is, Andy. Put her front and center at a drag show. Lots of drag shows. Every drag show. I mean, after all, what's the worst thing that could happen to her, right? Why don't you leave the room and let the let the young let the uh, the men twerking let them do what they want to do with her? Why don't you do that? That would really show us how you feel about the fact that drag shows aren't dangerous. But no, of course you're not going to do that because you know that wouldn't make you a good parent. So an update on the Jason Aldean song, Small Town. Try that in a small town is the name of the song. I said yesterday, uh, what needs to happen? Because uh, unhinged Democrats, but I repeat myself, are determined to disparage this song and cancel it because it's racist and it encourages lynching. Apparently in the song, there's a picture of a courthouse where somebody was lynched like 100 years ago. Which, shame on Jason Aldean for not knowing that. By the way, that courthouse? I was also in the movie Hannah Montana. So I guess that means uh, Miley Cyrus is racist and uh, bigoted and homophobic. Uh, Well, from my mouth to your fingertips. (laughs) Because try that in a small town, indeed, Yesterday, surged to number one on iTunes. Hooray. It jumped from number 11 to number one. (laughs) Billboard magazine noted. Uh, The gutless wonders who run country music television, bending to the boycott efforts funded by uh, former failed, epically failed, presidential candidate Michael Bloomberg, have pulled the song from its rotation on CMT. 
It has 2.1 million views on YouTube. I can't believe YouTube hasn't pulled it. Jason Aldean is in the crosshairs of the left because he's conservative. He likes Trump. You might remember a month or so ago, his uh, wife, Brittany Aldean, got in a dust-up with the uh, decidedly woke buffoon Kelsey Ballerini, who uh, is trying to carve out, or I should say trying to (laughs) carve up what's going to be left of her country music career, given that she is an unabashed proponent of gender mutilation surgeries for kids. Hey, Kelsey, you might want to Google Dylan Mulvaney to see how the country music audience feels about the lie of transgenderism. Not just Jason Aldean. You don't even have to be a white dude who sings country music to be called a racist. Tabia Lee, a tenured faculty member, a black tenured family mem- uh, faculty member at Dionza College in San Jose, California. Watch out, California has now filed a lawsuit against her school, accusing the school of illegally targeting white people. Mm, Gee, didn't we just have a Supreme Court case about that? Yes, we did. She said she was fired. Again, she was their DEI director, their diversity, equity, and inclusion director. She's black. She was fired after she questioned anti-racist orthodoxy in her position as DEI director. I was told that I was supposed to only advance at that time what was a third-wave anti-racism ideology. She, she's black. She was accused of white-splaining, and this is my favorite description, not being the right kind of black person. Yep. Larry Elder, he's not the right kind of black person. He's the black face of white supremacy, you know. <laughs> They want to censor everybody. They want to silence everybody. So RFK is in front of the House uh, Judiciary today. And how do they silence and disparage RFK? Well, he's anti-vax. Anti-vax, anti-vax, anti-vax. He's anti-vax. Every time you hear RFK, he's anti-vaxxer. How did anti-vax Robert F. uh, Kennedy Jr. become an anti-vaxxer? He'll tell you the story. Yeah, I mean, I was dragged kicking and screaming into this space because I was confronted by, uh, you know, when I was touring the country on a... Suing companies about mercury and fish. And by the way, people, you know, I spent 30 years trying to get mercury out of the fish in this country, and nobody ever called me any fish. <laughs> At that time, <laughs> I, I, we were trying to get mercury out of vaccines because mothers were coming and saying my child was injured by the vaccine. These were many, many hundreds, literally, of mothers with intellectual disabilities. And they said, nobody's listening to us. The Democrats aren't listening to us. Republicans aren't listening to us, and I felt like I should listen to them and actually read the science, and that is what got me down into the time. And by the way, it's the worst career decision I have ever made. <laughs> That's how he became anti-vax, by listening to people, people who had concerns, people who had kids. So here's RFK starting to wrap up. The more you listen to this guy, I hope you don't want to vote for him. I hope you're going to vote for a Republican, but... You see now why the magic of the Kennedy name still has some magic. Not because of the name, because of the ideas. My uncle, Edward Kennedy, has more legislation with his name on it than any senator in the United States history. Why is that? Because he was able to reach across the aisle. Because he didn't deal in insults. 
because he didn't try to censor people. He was effective because he understood that comedy and respect and kindness and compassion and empathy for other people is the way that we have the only way to restore the function in this in this chamber. But more importantly, today we need to give an example in the leadership of our country of being respectful to each other. If you think I said something that's anti-Semitic, let's talk about the details. I'm telling you all the things that I'm accused of right now by you. And in this letter are distortions, they're misrepresentations. I didn't say those things. And then RFK noted that sitting right behind him was Dennis Kucinich, the former congressman from Ohio, and that Jim Jordan, Republican Jim Jordan, Democrat Dennis Kucinich, used to be colleagues in the House, and that Jim Jordan had greeted Dennis Kucinich that morning. And RFK found there to be something very powerful, something very necessary that we get back to in their relationship. The chairman pointed to Dennis Kucinich who's fighting behind me. There is no two people in the country who feel differently about it, more differently about American politics than these two people. <laughs> and yet they were friends. Dennis attended his children's basketball games, attended his daughter's wedding. This is what we need, how we need to start treating each other in this country. We have to stop trying to destroy each other, to marginalize, to vilify, to gaslight each other. We have to find that place inside of ourselves of light, of empathy, of compassion, and above all, we need to elevate the Constitution of the United States, which was written for hard times, and that has to be the premier compass for all of our activities. Thank Thank you you very much. Thank you. Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman. That's Debbie Blabbermouth-Schultz butting right in. She wasn't listening to a word he said. Now, he talked about we need to get back to a place of light, of empathy, of compassion. He left out the most important. we got to get back to a point of truth. You get to truth via free and open debate, via an exchange of ideas, by shining the light that he talked about on it, by listening, by being open. You state your case, I'll state my case. You submit your evidence, I'll submit my evidence. The Democrats don't want that. They want to ask about any of the evidence that the whistleblowers had to talk about yesterday. They don't want to hear about RFK talking about... COVID vaccines and myocarditis. No, 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 Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.